Welcome to Hey Let Me Ask You Something, the podcast for common questions and uncommon answers. The views expressed on the Hey Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or trusted professional. You can find our complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, the podcast for common questions and uncommon answers. Uh, This is exciting. This is our first episode. Yes, we've been talking about this for weeks and maybe even months, and, yes. and here we are, and we're so excited to be talking to all of you. Here we are sharing our expertise, our combined months of expertise. Yes, we want to tell the world, shout it out to all of you, how knowledgeable we are in our specific specialties. We, yes, we are amazing at what we do, and we want, uh, we want to help as many people as we can. And we just like talking to each other. Yeah, we do. And we, we want to open up a forum for your burning questions that you've yes. always wanted to ask. I mean, maybe there's those questions that you're afraid to ask, you're embarrassed to ask, um, or you're just curious about. And this, this uh, podcast forum is going to allow you to do that in a way that can keep your name out of it, keep it anonymous if that's what you choose um, you can get your answers. That's what we're aiming for here. There is power and anonymity. Yes. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so just a little bit about, well, first of all, you, you explained really nicely what this podcast is about. People will send in their anonymous questions and we, as a life coach and a therapist, will answer. We're going to double team the questions. Yes. Tag team it's never been done before, at least I would like to think so. Um, so maybe we should start with a little bit about our qualifications, like what, who, what made us who we are. Like, so uh, you go first. Tell everybody a little bit about what your title is, what you do, who you help. Okay. So again, I'm Kristen. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I have my own private practice uh, in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, I primarily specialize in working with adults and couples. Uh, I specialize in anxiety, depression, self-esteem, and relationship struggles primarily, although I've, I've, I've definitely worked with other issues that have been presented, but that's sort of the area that I hone in on. Um, I've been doing it for five years, but I have over 25 years experience as a social worker. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Makes me sound real old. <laughs> You're not old <laughs> at all. Oh my God, if you're old, I'm ancient. Um, and my name is Ralph Andracchio. I am a professional life coach and I am the owner of True Engine Coaching. And I primarily focus on uh, building my clients' emotional intelligence and their values based decision making skills. So uh, I help professionals who are at the precipice of a huge change in their life and they're kind of lost and they're stalled and stuck and stressed and like I can't do this anymore I need to change I don't know where to go I don't know what to do so I help them figure out their who what and their how like who are they really what do they really want to do how are they going to get there 
and it all uh, in the framework of what are your values? What's your engine? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you really care about? Living life for yourself. So it's a lot of self-advocacy, self-awareness, self-regulation, all those good things that help people stand up and say, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, help lay a fire under the behind, right. kind exactly. of re-energize them. <clears throat> oh, and I have, um, I just looked it up, I have a combined uh, 400 hours of um, a combination of classroom learning and actual practical coaching experience, so... Yay. Yay. So that's us in a nutshell. Um, and what we're going to do with this with this podcast is answer people's questions from our respective professional points of view. Because I think even though we kind of exist in the same kind of ballpark, we're on different sides of the field yes. and we help people do different things. So the first question that we're going to tackle with this first episode is kind of the basic one. What do you do? Like, what do you actually do? And I know I probably get that a lot more as a coach than you do as a therapist. So yes, yes. What, so I'll pose it to you first. I think you already said it, but, you know, if someone comes up to you and says, what do you actually do? Like, what's your short answer for them? Well, I mean, the real professional answer is I help treat people with mental health problems. Okay. But, I mean, therapy is about... Um, base, for people to come into therapy, all they have to know is there's a problem, right? Something's not working or they're unhappy. Stuff is, is not good. And then by coming to work with a therapist, it's the therapist's job to guide them through um, gaining a better understanding, coming up with tools to cope with a lot of feelings, understand, like be, basically being able to trace back why are these things happening and what can I do to fix them at least the way I practice, I'm very goal-oriented, I'm very direct, I'm very, I'm pretty honest, um, and I like to help people move forward and stick real close to our treatment goals. So when you come to me, we're not, you know, we're, we're going to sit, we're going to chat, we're going to do tons of support, I'm going to be empathetic, and I'm going to be there and nurture my clients when they need mm-hmm. it, but I'm also really going to help move them along with hopefully seeing the progress that they are, are coming to me for, um, of improving those anxious symptoms, of improving the depressive symptoms, of improving their relationships. And one of the toughest ones, although those are all tough, improving self-esteem mm. and how do, how do you do that. Um, and I really operate off of taking small steps at a time so that you can set yourself up for success. It feels manageable and it... Um, you can see the the progress as it's going rather than setting like creating high expectations for yourself and then feeling like you're getting nowhere right so that's a big kind of way that i practice with my clients and highlighting you know the steps they are taking it requires a ton of patience probably for you too ralph um (laughs) a ton of patience a ton of hard work but um if you can stick with it step by step and i'm there along the way guiding and supporting, then then those are the clients that are going to start to see the, the progress that you came to therapy looking for. Right. And I, I think when someone asks, what do I do as a coach? I, I think first they see the, um, 
the the general pop culture idea of what a life coach is, which has been like very comical and, you know, I don't have a whistle around my neck. <laughs> I don't wear sweats. I don't like come to people's houses and yell at them or anything like that. Uh, and then secondly, they're like, oh, you're a therapist. And I'm like, no, that's not what I do either. So I think there's a lot of confusion about what a coach actually is. And I like to describe it thusly and whoever you know anybody can disagree with me with this but it makes the most sense to me it's the difference between archaeology and architecture for me what therapists do is they dig you know into the past into your your kind of bedrock foundation of who you are and like figure out things that have happened before and how they're affecting you now and then what I do as a coach is I, I go on the architect side, I help people build into the future. So like once you have your foundation set and you're ready to start making some changes, that's when you call me and then I help you move forward. Like as a coach, I don't go backwards. If that's what therapy is, that's your wheelhouse, right? That's right. what you get paid for. I don't do that. I always go forward. And I always tell my clients, if you have something in the past that's like you're really stuck on and it's like affecting you, please go, you know, I can refer you to somebody who can help you with that, but I only go from here forward because that's how we build goals is like, you can't build a goal for the future if you're looking backwards and like still caught on something in the past. And I try to explain what Ralph does the way (laughs) Ralph just explained it, but I'm always like architecture. I I understand what he does, but I'm working on getting better at explaining it, but that's why we're here together. Is that represent himself <laughs> does that make sense yes yeah, it does okay. to me all right so that if anybody out there is like thinking about either therapy or coaching that's a good way to think about it like do you need to work on past stuff and get your foundation settled or are you looking for the future and like yes my found you know my past is settled my foundation's good i want to start building new things so yeah. that's where that's where it comes in um but this brings up a bigger question for me in terms of the necessity of any kind of mental health care and you know mental hygiene whatever you want to put however you want to put it um it's seen as unnecessary in some ways or like uh soft or like weak or you know oh you know you just suck it up and deal with it so what's what is your opinion about that kind of like what we do is kind of unnecessary well, you said I'm not allowed to curse, Ralph. So I, <laughs> we don't want to. I can't say that. what I really think that is. <laughs> um, no, um, I, I just think that that's that's very. I don't want to say shallow thinking. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, it would be great if it was that simple that we just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, yeah. get over it. Um, you'll be fine. All these things, or just try harder. Or, you know, all these messages that are often sent to us um, within, sometimes in our families, some, sometimes it's society or friends, and, it, and, and it, it keeps a lot of people from coming to therapy sooner um, and thinking, I should be able to do it myself. Why can't I do it myself? Which can often be connected to why they should be in therapy in the first place and be working with someone because it's a self, it can become a self-esteem issue where it just perpetuates beating yourself up and telling yourself there's something wrong with you, mm-hmm. that you can't do it yourself. Um, this kind of stuff is is the kinds of issues such as, at least I'll talk from what I work with, anxiety and depression and 
it, it's it's not often something somebody can figure out on their own or they wouldn't obviously be coming to me. Um, it's it's stuff that people want to understand. It's things that people want to people want to either feel better, people want to be better, people want to um, improve their quality of their relationships. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times it gets to a breaking point for some before they come in. It's often those people that have for years told themselves mm-hmm. they can, they're, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're no longer fine. So I think that that type of thinking isn't helpful. And I think it's been a major problem in, I mean, you look at it now, they're, they're talking more and more about mental health probably with COVID, but, you know, more and more the need for services. Somebody, a shooter goes out, oh, they have mental health problems. Well, well, no kidding they had mental health problems. Who goes and shoots up a mall if they have mental health problems? Mm-hmm. But the problem is is that, that they're noticing more and more, they're talking about it more and more in the media and on, you know, all those th- places that um, celebrities are coming, celebrities have been huge in talking about it and making it okay. And I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that a lot. I am encouraged by, about that because it not only plays out with the therapy, the talk therapy itself that I do, but then there's a whole other layer of it when it comes to medication, mm. which is not what I do. I do not prescribe medicine, but I do refer people and recommend medication. But people go through that also. I don't want to do that. I, I should be able to do this myself. There's a lot of like these messages that people have to battle based on maybe how they were raised or, or what their environment is or their culture is. And um, it, the more we can talk about it and, and make it normalize it, more people are open and frank with one another about what they're going through. That's when people are gonna feel more and more comfortable because to think about the, men, the number of people that are out there that are still afraid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for, for me, um what I what I hear from clients or people I network with or people who are interested in, in, in getting coaching is there's a there's a difference between the soft skills and I'm using scare quotes with my fingers because people can't see um, soft skills and hard skills of like and a lot of what I do is emo- with emotional intelligence and values and, and self-esteem is those soft skills of empathy and self-awareness and, you know, all that, you know, emotional regulation. And, the, the, and those are necessary to do the hard skills right. And by hard skills, I mean, like, at your job, there are certain skills you have to do your job well or, like, knowledge and, like, Excel spreadsheets and all that, that kind of stuff that's, like, the, the specific thing for your job and your position and I see it as like a brick wall. The hard skills are the bricks, but the emotional skills, the emotional intelligence is the mortar between the bricks. It holds, kind of holds everything together. And if you're not, if you don't have a good grasp on your own <clears throat> emotional intelligence and your, your state of being and self-awareness, the, the bricks aren't gonna to hold together. Everything's gonna fall apart. And that's, that's what I kind of find talking to people is when they're at that point where they're so lost and stressed and they don't know what to do, it's because all those soft skills are missing. Right. If your emotional health is not well, mm-hmm. it affects everything. It affects everything. It affects your work. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect, affect how you, obviously, how you're just daily functioning, how you're feeling, um, how you're taking care of yourself. So, 
you know, the fact that for years and years and years it hasn't been valued as important or people that, that tend to it are valued as weak or looked at as weak rather is just to me, obviously, because this is my area of, you know, what I do for a living, it doesn't make any sense because I see every day how much it's impacting all the different areas of one's life. And you're right, to make the career advancements um, improve your uh communication, all these things, that if your mental health, your emotional well-being is not sound, it's going to interfere with yeah. all those other areas. Yeah. And at, at least for me, I, I see this as like the next big step that any business or corporation can take is to embrace the, the mental and emotional well-being of their of their team members, their employees, whatever you want to call them, um, as well as their physical health. You know, they have, that's what people look for a lot is like, I need benefits. But usually when people say I need benefits, it's physical. It's like going to see the doctor, going to get your teeth checked, your vision, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I think emotional well-being should be in there with everything. I think everybody should have the chance to go to a therapist, a coach, whatever they think is right for them to to have everything in balance yeah. you know okay great i'm taking care of my body i'm taking care of my teeth and my eyes now let me take care of my brain and my emotions and my you know all those other things because once all that stuff is is aligned with everything else like i can't tell you how many times i've had a client who just had this huge breakthrough week was like I get it now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sleeping better. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing things I enjoy. And it's like this whole new world opens up for them. And it's like when, when um, in The Wizard of Oz, when uh, Dorothy comes out of the after the tornado and walks into Oz, and it's like, everything's in color now. <laughs> right? Spoiler alert for an 85-year-old movie. But... Right, right. Right. If you haven't seen it, get on, out from under if the rock. If you haven't seen it. <laughs> right. Go do yourself a favor. Go rent it. Um but yeah, I mean, have you have you seen that with people you oh, work yeah. with? Oh yeah, and like, it's amazing. I yeah. love it. A lot of days, not always, you know, it depends on who you're working with and where they are in the process. Sure. But watching that, I'll say metamorphosis, I can't think of a better word right now, but that change process and thinking and, and, be, and I feel like, well, at least for me, I don't know about you, I can see it so clearly and I often like call it like highlighting, like I have literally the highlighter where I like to highlight for them at my clients. Do you, are you seeing this? Do you remember when it was this way? And look, it's this way now. And look, you did that too. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's really easy when you're in therapy to get really honed in on what are all my problems and what's still a problem. What do I still need to work on? Oh, that's still a problem. And it's so important, so important, especially to keep you motivated and going. To to I think it's my job to also highlight where you've made steps, tons of progress, you know, um, whatever the case may be, to keep a person going, keep them see, and, and, and I don't think, I think people are very, especially the clients I work with, are very uh, used to find, looking at what's wrong with them and looking at what they need to do better. And that you need to do that, but you also need to take that time to celebrate and and um, it's incredible to watch. Uh, it's incredible to watch and remember what, how that person presented to you when they came to you and where they are six months to a year later. Oh my God! I, I yeah, 
I can't tell you how many times I get pushed back because and it's not it's not as much anymore but I think when people first either start going to therapist or a coach I can only speak from my point of view but they there's so much pushback in terms of like I want to celebrate like they give me a win I try to start off with my sessions where they tell me a win from this week how's it going like what, mm-hmm. what happened that's good and you know no but I have all these other problems like there's this negative stuff and I want to work through this and just like you said you know you need to take time to celebrate the win no matter Absolutely. how tiny they are like yes. hey I got a good night of sleep last yep. night awesome win. that's a win congratulations that's amazing right because we don't do that enough we're trained as a society to just focus on the negative what do i need to improve what am i bad at and for me i love doing what i do because it's all about finding the opportunities it's mm-hmm. like let's look at the positives what are you doing right where are your skills helping you what can you do this week that plays to your strengths you know great you got a good night's sleep and you ate well and you like took a trip and now you're you fully charged and right like awesome how can you do more of that how can you you know so it's from from my point of view and from what i do what i do it's it's kind of a re-education process for people too of like no you don't just have to focus on the negative i know that's what we've all been told forever but that's not that's not the only thing there is that we can look at no, that's what, I think I had this conversation today with the client. I did earlier today, um, and I have it a lot. You know, when, when when things are going good or it's a good week or an area that they've been struggling with went well, my first question is, what what what, what happened? What what did you do? What 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 made it that good? What made that change happen for you? Because as much as we go over and revisit and work through the areas that are problematic or difficult or where the the client's struggling, we need to also look and understand real clear, just as clear, what is going well so you can keep doing it, so we can keep it going. Not just like, poof, when I had a great week and I have no idea why, okay, move on to the next topic. No, we really need to look at that. Let's dissect that a little bit. Let's sift through because... That's important. It's important to understand that because we got to keep it going. So yeah, it's it's we've got to focus on both. Got to focus on both. Yeah, and and it, it it just focusing on the negative doesn't like you said it doesn't move you forward. It keeps you stuck, stuck in one spot of like oh I'm just gonna focus on this one negative thing, and okay great I found this. I found a solution. That's a lot of times another thing. I, I, I inevitably every week one of my clients ask me, "Well, what what do you think I should do? Yeah. And what's the answer?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you think is the answer? Because it doesn't matter what I think. We're just gonna put it right We're, back on I'm you. I'm just gonna hand that ball right back to you, buddy." <laughs> Because that's the point. We're we're so trained as a society. Like I could I could talk five hours about this. We're so trained as a society to have the answer handed to us. Yep. You know, like here's my program. Take it for thirty days, and your life is going to be totally different. It doesn't work like that. You know. Yes, that program may have worked for the person that invented it, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for anybody else. Like maybe it'll work for a few other people, but. I like what I do because I don't have to. It, it, I don't have to come up with the plan. It's it's my client's job because it's their life. It's their changes they want to make. I'm I hold the space and help them figure it out. But it's more meaningful when it comes from you. 
because it's your idea, it's your plan, it's your life, and so you have ownership of it. You know, I'm there to support you and like talk you through stuff, but at the end of the day, it's gotta come from you. And everybody has that potential to do that. And I, I want I want to break everybody of that habit of just give me the answer. I just need the answer so I can move on. You know, that's part of the patience piece. Yeah. Patience with yourself. Patience with the process. And it's hard. You know, as as a therapist, the clients I work, it's hard to be patient. It's really hard, and it's really hard to see all your stuff. So the more you, at first, start to learn and see what the issues are, that's not a fun time. I'm not gonna, I don't lie to people. I'm like, it's tough when you're, you put on a different set of glasses. You know you had an issue with this, but you're like, oh gosh, it really looks like that? Jeez, I, and that can be overwhelming, but if we don't see the problem or, or, or struggle or symptoms, whatever it is, if we don't see what it really is and really look at it, stare it down, <laughs> then mm-hmm. we're not gonna get to the spot where we can make those changes. So that can be a difficult part. A different, difficult piece. <laughs> How much of it is uh, uh, getting people to look at their ego in a different way? Um, I think, yeah, I guess that it is partly that. Getting them to look at, at their ego in a different way. Getting them to look at themselves in a different way. Getting them to understand themselves differently. You know, again, I deal with a lot of clients that are very uh, critical of themselves, very self-punishing when they come to me. And, you know, oh, I overreacted. Oh, that was so silly. I felt that way. And I, I work real hard with them to help them to see that, hey, that's not useful at all. Makes it worse, keeps us stuck. And that there is a reason for behavior you cannot control your feelings. They just do kind of what they want to do. And we can sit there and get mad at them, deny them, or criticize them. But they're going to still do what they want to do, and you're really not helping them. Mm-hmm. So trying to kind of understand, and and I, I always hear this, I overreacted thing all the time. And no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm like, not, I would guarantee you, if you are listening right now, if you say, oh, my God, I overreacted to X situation. I am crazy. I acted like a lunatic. No, you're not. I'm going to tell you right now. Most likely not crazy. Possible, but I doubt it. And, um, and that it's about something so much deeper. That our feelings and our reactions are, they have a reason. They're, they're not just there for fun. And it's not because there's something wrong with us. I must talk about that 50 times a day. Oh, my God. I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm working through a positive psychology certification right now through my school that I'm at. And I'm surprised how much biology I'm learning, especially about emotions and where they come from and how much they really do affect how we think and feel about ourselves. Like the, the word emotion is, motion is in there. Movement mm-hmm. is in there. Like emotions are there to make us do something. Correct. So, you know, and each one has a specific thing. Like if we're angry, like our, our hands get ready to fight. If we're scared, our feet and our legs get ready to run away. Like if we're sad, something else happens biologically. So it's like, and there's this whole thing of, um, uh, I got so mad I couldn't think straight. Or I got, you know, that's true. Like your emotions, like you were saying, take over because that part of our brain is so powerful that it can override our our big you know cortex part and 
have us do things that we we wouldn't normally do and i think you and i both again from different different sides of the playing field help people through that like understand look in the mirror and say you know no you're not crazy no you didn't overreact it's like just the process of being aware and saying oh wow i do get angry a lot when this certain thing happens just that is awesome like just being able to say oh yes i i do do that in these certain things when this happens and that's that's a first little baby step like you said in understanding more and being able to channel whatever's happening into more effective ways of thinking and feeling and doing and part from my side of the playing field part of it is for a lot of clients it's helpful to understand why it's happening often when we have what, what some people would consider an overreaction it's a trigger to something so much deeper so the reason that people say it's an overreaction is because it's you know um the surface thing that happened freaking out on your partner because they left the milk out and literally going from zero to a hundred over the the milk being left out and then realize well, why was i overreacting that was crazy of me and, but most times when things like that happen something's triggered within you that's so much deeper and it's so not about the milk and <laughs> i can't tell you how many the times i've said that it's not about the milk or when people say, oh, yes, we got in a fight, but it was really so stupid. I'm like, bring it on. And they, and my clients that have worked with me now know that they, they now say, I know you're going to tell me it, it wasn't small or stupid. I'm like, no, I, I, it's, you're right. Because it's, it's not about the actual thing. And understanding, being very long-winded here, but being able to understand where it's coming from why you were acting that way and that's sort of that past stuff usually childhood stuff a trigger of some nature that can be that can make people feel a lot more at ease a lot that can actually help them begin the process of starting to be kinder of understanding to themselves of understanding themselves of understanding their behavior and I'm not some raging lunatic that yells and screams about milk mm-hmm. that really being able to understand oh that's a trigger from from that oh that was okay that's why that happened makes people feel start to be able to gain some feeling of a sense of control over themselves understanding of themselves yeah it's so funny you said it's not about the milk because in my my other life as an improv person as a comedian when I when I teach classes and I'm teaching people the mechanics of a scene, my one of my lines that I love repeating is it's not about the curtains, because a lot of times people in scenes will, will first of all will argue, and I I know I'm going all over the place, but I just love how stop knocking improv number one like improv is the butt of everybody's joke and there's so much <laughs> psychology and and emotion and like human nature wrapped up in in what we do as improv comedians that there's like it's prepared me so well for a life of coaching because i've been doing it for so long but when people get into a scene the first usually when they first start out too the emotion they go to is anger lots of argument scenes when people first get on stage because it's a safe emotion it pushes out it you know you're pushing outward you don't have to connect with anybody you just like scream and say your piece you know there's this weird catharsis that happens but also a lot of it is also they're arguing about other stuff that's outside of the relationship 
I don't like those curtains. You got those curtains again. They're dumb and I hate you. And it's like, my job as the, the teacher is to get them to, first of all, I say it's not about the curtains. What is it really about? Well, you know, he always pisses me off. All right, do the scene again, but start with that. Don't mention the curtains. Say, you always piss me off. You always piss me off. Why? And then they start talking to each other. And then they realize what it's really about. And then, and that's what I love about it. And that's, I think, what you do in your practice and what I do in my business with my clients is getting them to say, it's not about the drapes, it's not about the milk. What is it really, what are you really upset about? What really triggers you? What's really getting under your skin about that particular thing? And when people can take a breath and stop being angry and look in the mirror, they're like, oh, but it off, that often forces people to be vulnerable and to look nice. at more vulnerable feelings, which, you know, goes back to your question in the beginning today of when people say that you're soft or you sh- whatever you were, when you were saying about um, coming to therapy mm-hmm. and figure it out yourself and all of that. And so people are so comfortable. Our society accepts anger, clearly. I mean, look at Philadelphia right now. Hey, yo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Crime rate is through right now, but anger anger is acceptable, um, you know. And and being more vulnerable and get, digging under that often, because you know, of course, anger is a valid emotion, but anger masks a ton of other more vulnerable emotions, such as humiliation, embarrassment, hurt, um, fear, and and I think then when you put um, different cultures, different. Um, like uh sexes like for men it's even harder sometimes hopefully this is being broken now but the way males have been socialized and raised and so people sometimes you know you hear those couples say we've been fighting about the curtains or the milk or whatever for 40 years Mm -hmm. yeah because they didn't know or they couldn't or they didn't have anyone to help them get to what they were really what was really going on. And if you're, you know, if you're that one of these couples that's having the same arguments over and over again, that's who, we're talking to you. We're mm-hmm. talking, we're talking to you right now. It's not that, um, you know, you're necessarily stuck that you keep arguing over that thing. You may be stuck at being able to get to what's, un, what's the core issue, what's underneath. Right, exactly. Because the anger will often mask whatever else is going on. Because when people start getting angry and yelling, right, then we're throwing, we're cursing, which we're not doing on this podcast. We are... <laughs> My mom can listen to this right. So moms and grandmoms can listen. We're cursing, we're, we're criticizing, we're calling each other names. And then what, what's going on is about that. And then the whole, like, all the stuff that led to that gets pushed down and pushed away. And now we're focused on the way that person talked to you and the way you talked to that person. And then we cried and then we apologize. Great. But you never get, if that keeps happening and you never take that next step, you're never really getting to what are the feelings, what is happening that started it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that idea of the softness of it like oh this is weak this is soft i don't you know i want to i want to win i'm a winner I'm, i want to get ahead i want i'm the alpha male you know i could oh my god i could do a whole <laughs> show about freaking alpha male doesn't mean what you think it means um and we had to get past that as a society as a as a species we have to get past our reluctance to 
connect with each other and like have those moments of of softness and clarity with each other because I think we're we're not gonna survive if we're just turned into this bunch of chest thumping lunatics who just want to win and and destroy each other and I think that's what you find in politics right now too like not to get this is not a politics podcast but I mean a lot of what we're talking about exists there too you know mm-hmm. nobody wants to listen to each other they mm-hmm. just want to win they just want to be the toughest the the most macho whatever and it's like guess how much is getting done in the government Zippo right. you know because right. nobody wants to talk to each other so it's it's important because this really does affect all of our lives but I think a lot of it comes from um, the way people have been raised you know it's got it is getting better as I said a few times today but um, with the changes that are taking place but and the more awareness but I think like for instance like a lot of our parents they weren't raised uh, they have no idea how to do this so then people you know our age or maybe even some younger definitely those older weren't taught weren't modeled and, and and don't know how to talk about emotions and to address these types of things and it can become that can make it even tougher mm-hmm. so sometimes it's not just um the alpha or the tough or it's i don't know how to do this i don't even know how to access it um I don't know how to be sensitive to that because I've never seen it before and I've never done it before. So sometimes it's, you know, and I've, I'm thinking of a couple in particular right now. I worked with a few years ago and he just didn't know how. He wasn't trying to be resistant, but he just didn't have a clue how to meet the emotional needs of his wife at that time, you know? Um, and so that sometimes is it too, is that that's not been in history what most people have been see, have seen mm-hmm. or talked about or dealt with. And so, um, it, it, you know, my hope is it just keeps getting a little bit better. I mean, I, I would really appreciate if they could start uh, showing therapy in, <laughs> like they do with life coaches. Like, <laughs> TVs, I mean, come on. I, I really don't think I've ever seen, very rarely, a true representation on television. Accurate. Of, of therapy like what what's what what do they get wrong most of the time oh well professional boundaries is often you know it's crossed the therapist like as far as like getting too personal with clients um as far as um telling them what to do as far as uh just sort of that sitting there mm-hmm yes mm-hmm up oh, time's up like making it look like all we do is sit there and I look, I'll tell you right now, if that was this job, I would never be, I would fall asleep on myself and I'd be bored silly to just mm-hmm. sit there and go, oh, is that how you feel? Oh, great. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And just take notes. And like people just talk at you. Well, some therapists might, guess what? It's not Kristen Wood. Like I, and I, you know, I'm, I hope people can already tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I am engaged. We are talking. Right. I talk a lot less when I'm in session than I am right now because right. it's not about me talking, it's about me listening. But yeah, it's, it's you know, usually I go along with it. I'm watching a TV show, I'm not like, I don't have that hat on, I'm just relaxing. But sometimes it's like, really? Can, yeah. we, can we really do a real like representation here? I can't think of one, but I'll pay attention and I'll bring it back to you if I, if I can find one. Okay. It's legit. 
gauntlet has been thrown. I, I, I think ooh, I think for me, uh, in terms of coaching, just like the it's the comical aspect of it has played up a lot. But I think what people don't realize is there's a lot like coaches who are serious about what they do, there's a lot of training involved in like I have to learn a lot about ethics and, you know, biology and like, you know, emotions and all this kind of stuff to do my job well and help people as much as possible. And, you know, there are some people in my in my line of work who just hang out a shingle and are like, yeah, I'm a coach. I'm going to start doing stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. And But I'm really like please take a class at least, you know, please read a book, crack a book, at least find out what you're doing before you start doing it. And that's one of the things that bugs me about it. But, you know, I, I want to learn as much as I can because I want to be the best resource possible for my, for my clients. So, yeah. And don't like stick your name life coach up there. If you don't really have like right. some training, maybe. Yeah. Because that makes training. it harder for everyone else, like that's, Ralph here, right? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. Ther- therapists, psychotherapists, psychiatrists, they're, you're all licensed by the government. Like, you need to have a license in the state and, you know, is there a federal? No, we it's wish just there was state. just one national license, but, but it's state, by, state, state. by state. But coaching is not regulated by the government. So, you know, anybody can hang out a shingle, but... You know, so if you're looking for a life coach, please do your research. And there are, there's the ICF that's like one of the governing, global governing bodies for for coaching. So make sure people are affiliated with a a governing body and like have done their research and gone to school and like know what they're talking about, please. Um, That's another question. Can people do both? Can people see a therapist and a coach at the same time? Yeah, we were talking about this before we started today. Yeah. I mean, I believe that they can. I I don't know that I've collaborated, if that's the right word, um, with a life coach or coach, but I've definitely heard of people that have been able to do both at the same time. I think you just have to be very clear on the, um, I guess, bound, not boundaries, but the, but, but the specifics of like, this is what I'm working on the life coach with, this is what I'm working on the therapist with, they likely go hand in, like they likely connect to one another, but you know, you would just want to be clear, I think. I mean, that's, that's what comes to mind for me. Uh, just like, in, in a, in, and it doesn't happen often, but in, on occasion, a client might work with two therapists. Um, that's very rare, but there are occasions when it would happen, but it would have to be very specific to this is what this person's working on, this therapist rather, and this therapist working on, on, on this. And probably ideally there'd be some communication between the two professionals. Yeah. At um, some point, regularly or not regularly, but at some point. I have worked with clients who work with multiple coaches, like a business coach, a life coach, a you know, relationship coach, whatever their issues are. And I've had, I think I've had one client who had a therapist and me as a, as a life coach to work on other things. It's totally possible. I always, and I've been taught this as a coach, I always defer to the therapist. Oh. So. Does that mean you're going to defer to me throughout our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the boss? Let's not, let's not get too hasty. <laughs> Um, 
But just on a professional level, because the therapist is usually dealing with underlying issues that I'm not, I'm not yeah. aware of or I'm not focused on. So I always, I'm, I've been taught defer to the therapist for everything. But, you know, I think collaboration wise, I think that's up to the person. Like if they want their sure. coach and their, you know, their coach and their therapist to collaborate or whatever, but it's usually we're working on different things. So it's like, I usually tell my clients, whatever your therapist says is the law, you know, and then we'll mm, go from there. Wow, I'm feeling very <laughs> powerful right now. I didn't know before we began today that I was the head honcho here. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> wow, I feel powerful. You've, you've gotten a promotion. Okay. Um, so I think as we're coming to the close of our inaugural episode, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Um, where can people, if they have a burning question that they want to ask a therapist as well as a life coach slash improv comedian who's been doing this forever, where can they send their questions? They can send their questions to you at gmail.com. Excellent. And everything is completely anonymous, so don't worry about us using our name, your email address, any other kind of identifying information. It's all confidential. And, you know, the weirder the better, I think. Yeah, there's no wrong question. I mean, you can ask whatever question. We're, we're, we're going to do our best to answer, I mean, all if possible, depending on how many of you send them in. Um, you know, we're going to do our best and, and I don't think any question is a bad question or, no. or anything like that. We welcome you to ask whatever it is. Um, if it's so scary and so hard to ask, then this is probably the best place to do it. <laughs> this is probably the best place. Um, so we really encourage you to send in your questions, as many questions, as many times as you want. Um, we're going to be doing this weekly. And, um, you know, we, we're hoping that we can get lots of great ones and create topics around them that we can center each episode on specific topics so it's a little bit more organized and flows a little bit for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you never know. We may have special guests every once in a while and we may have a theme week. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of opportunity for people to learn more about each other, learn more about themselves, and ask those questions that you can't ask anybody else. If you want to know more about us specifically, um, you can find me on uh, my profile on Psychology Today. Just go on the website, type in my name, and you can learn a little bit more about my, my specialties and my approach and everything. Or you can go on my website, www.thephillytherapistkristin.com. I know it's long, dot com. <laughs> Kristen is K-R-I-S-T-I-N. So it's thephillytherapistkristen.com. And for me, if you want to know more about me, you can head to my website, trueenginecoaching.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Just search for Ralph uh, Andracchio or you can search for True Engine Coaching. I'm also on Instagram as well, True Engine Coaching. And uh, comedy-wise, I'll keep you posted. Once the, once the world starts opening up a little more, I'll plug my shows and, and 
stuff where you can see. I want you to do a little snippet right here. <laughs> I'm already. I have yet to see, to see the Ralph in action, and I am dying, as I'm sure everyone listening would love to. Hear. I well, maybe in the future <laughs> I can invite some of my comedy friends on to help us answer questions, and we'll do something. That would be a lot of fun. All right, awesome. All right, that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.